0: You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org.
1: Hi, Kensington family. On behalf of all of us here, welcome. I'm Jenny Warren's Discipleship Director at our Birmingham campus. We're so glad you're here with us as we continue our series on Moses, A Journey to Remember. But first, let me share some exciting opportunities that I hope you'll join us for. You're invited to the first ever Hope Water Project Gala. Not only will you enjoy the evening with some fine dining and beautiful entertainment, but you'll be changing lives with one of our global partners in Kenya at the same time. Now that's a win-win. Proceeds from this event support Hope Water Project, which is bringing life-saving clean water wells to the Pokot tribe. Imagine the hope that flows when the harsh, dry earth offers up fresh, clean water. Health, education, community development, churches, all of this is possible when there is a clean water source. The gala is coming soon on Friday, January 21st at the Orion campus and will include a silent auction, plated dinner, Kodich songs featuring Kaleo kids, Music by Detroit Sound, a message by Craig McGlasson and Steve Andrews, and new footage from Kenya. Don't delay. Reserve your place at the table at kensingtonchurch.org slash HWP Gala. What could be new for you in 2022? Here's a possibility that I'm really excited about. It's the winter launch of our groups, courses, and care workshops. We call these jump in opportunities because it's taking the next step to get connected here at Kensington. Now maybe you've been a part of a Bible study or small group or course in the past, jump in again and try something new. Or maybe you've only come to weekend services and this would be your first time. Can I nudge you? Do it. We all need relationships and encouragement to grow in our faith. So which of these opportunities is a good fit for you? And you don't have to pick just one. Small groups meet offsite in homes, in coffee shops, or online, and may study the Bible, a book, reflect on the message from Sunday, or just spend time sharing meals and life together. Small groups meet all over the area and include groups for families, couples, men only, women only, singles, and more. Courses are a great way to learn more about a topic that matters to you in a judgment-free environment. We're offering Bible basics where it doesn't matter if you're brand new to the Bible or have been reading it for decades. It's a course that will help you understand the big picture story of the Bible and how all the individual books fit together. But most of all, We'll grow in our awe of the amazing author of this amazing book as we discover the power of God's word for our everyday lives. Alpha is a discussion-driven course where we tackle big questions and learn about the foundations of Christianity. A few of our campuses are also offering learning labs, which are mini-courses set up to give you a big impact on your faith in a short-term period of time. Care workshops are a safe place to process pain and prepare yourself for the adventure of life. We're offering grief recovery, divorce recovery, and a blended family workshop, as well as our weekly, ongoing, no commitment celebrate recovery group. Now, you can explore more about groups, courses, and care at KensingtonChurch.org/groups. But don't delay. Most launch the week of January 24th. Now, the new year is also a great time to invest in your marriage. Our marriage resources page will tell you more about the marriage course, marriage preparation, marriage restoration, and marriage mentors. I think I said marriage like 20 times. Anyway, on our website at kensingtonchurch.org marriage. And... If you'd love to jump into community here, but aren't ready or able to do so in person, we also have many virtual options. Now, let's return to the service. It's week three of A Journey to Remember, and I don't know about you, but I'm gleaning such valuable lessons from the Israelites and their wandering. God was with them each step of the way, and the same is true for us today. You're never alone, friends. Let's see what else God wants to teach us today.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. To those of you in the seats, as well as those of you online, we just want to welcome you here this morning. Well, my name is Faith Barraway, and I am a volunteer here at Kensington. And this morning, I get to share some exciting opportunities we have coming up. So the first thing I want to highlight is Ignite 45. This is an event happening next week for our fourth and fifth grade students. We're going to be at Airtime Trampoline Park in Sterling Heights. And this is just a chance for the students to come together with their friends, their small group leaders, and their teachers. And now I grew up um, a part of our K-Kids ministry as well as our Breakaway and Edge. And I know that for me, some of my greatest memories were those times where we got together outside of a Sunday morning So I know that this is going to be an awesome morning. So if you have a fourth or a fifth grade student who you think would love this, you can go ahead and go to our website and you can register there. And if you have any questions, you can head on out to the K Kids table and one of our staff members can help you there. Well, the second opportunity I have for you guys to jump in is we are once again partnering with the Warming Center from February 6th through the 13th. And you may remember last time we hosted here at our campus Well, this time around, the families are staying at a local hotel. And our job for the week is to provide meals, gas cards, and any personal items that may be needed. And so this takes a group of volunteers Um, I personally believe that things even as simple as donating a gas card, that that can be kingdom work because it's through that where we can show the love of Jesus to our neighbors. And so if you want to join us in this after service um, by the wooden wall, which is next to the great room, um, you can come talk to us and we can get you plugged into that. Also in our lobby, we have our hub. Um, This is a place to go if you have any questions about Kensington. Um, We have a team there that would love to chat with you. And if it is your first time here this morning, we want to welcome you. And we do have a free gift, so make sure that you stop by out there. Well, you guys have joined us for week three in our A Journey to Remember series, where we have been following the journey of the Israelites out of Egypt into the land that God has promised them. And today we're gonna dive into the, some of the challenges that they faced um, and how they handled that. And sometimes that looks like turning on one another. Um, I know in our own faith journeys, many of us will face similar struggles, Um, but what we're going to learn today is that there is strength in lifting up one another rather than focusing on the frustrations and the things that keep us divided. So I'm really excited to continue on in our service, but before we do so, I invite you guys to stand up and say hi to the people around you.
3: Well, good morning again, everybody. My name's Adam. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And I'd really like just to take a moment and remember something that I think was pretty pivotal in our nation and worth remembering this week. Um, We're going to be celebrating Martin Luther King Day. And I think we just want to take a moment and remember the contribution that he made to our society. Um, I I wrote a few notes down in my journal and just thoughts that I have with some quotes in there I just want to kind of share with all of you. And the first is this. Like, our, ba- our nation is better. Our nation now as it was comparatively then is better because Dr. King saw an injustice. And when he saw that injustice, he acted upon it. And Dr. King was also a man of great faith. He knew a lot about the Bible. He preached and taught and spoke biblical messages. And I think there was a portion of Scripture that probably weighed pretty heavily on his life and then actually drove him to act in the way that he did. And it's found in Micah 6.8. It says this, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I think that we would do really well to consider this and what it might mean for us in this whole idea of seeking justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with our God. Do so you think Dr. King saw what was happening in society and he read that and he thought, this has to have an impact on me. And because of that, he acted Um, Today we're in this third week of a Journey to Remember series, and we're going to look at an account of God's people where uh, Moses, the leader, is in a pretty stressful situation. And it's a situation that he's actually not capable of handling on his own, so some people have to come around in community and help him. And it made me think of a quote that I'd read that Dr. King had said, and this is what he says. He says, in this life, in this journey that we're on, we cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. Can I tell you, I think that there were times where Dr. King wanted to throw in the towel. I think there were times where the weight and the burden of what he did seemed overwhelming to him. But there was also that something that Dr. King knew about community, and we find that in this quote. And because of it, there was a woman, she was a dear friend of his, his her name was Malia Jackson, or Mahilia Jackson, excuse me. And he would call her because she had a fantastic voice, and she would sing to him. When she was discouraged, she would help to lift him up by singing to reinvigorate his soul to help him for the journey and the task that God had called him to. And in a moment, the band is going to sing a song called How Bad We Need Each Other. Um, and as that sing that song, I, I wonder if we would remember what Micah 6-8 would mean for us, what it would mean to uh, act justly, to love mercifully, and to walk humbly with our God, because I think this is pretty important. Part of remembering Dr. King well is looking at our situations and our surroundings and seeing maybe a manner that we should act in the way that he did that.
4: Hard to walk alone. You can't do it on your own. It's like digging through stone with bare And if things go down much steeper hills, even money can't pay these bills. And time will show us now. You know that people gonna be okay. Know that storms that never come this day, they just show us how how bad we need each other. How bad we need each other. In the trials of today, there are signs along the way and they show us how bad we need each other.
0: That was absolutely incredible. Holy smokes. Wow. You know, I was thinking about this. This is always a very important time for me because I grew up in a church, a very strong Bible church in Memphis, Tennessee. I lived four miles from the Lorraine Motel. I was probably sitting at dinner with my family when that first bullet ripped through Dr. King's cheek and broke his jaw and settled into his spine and ultimately in his shoulder and killed him. Living my blissful life as a white kid in Memphis, Tennessee, totally unaware of the pain, the incredible suffering. And I want to ask you to think about this. What kind of faith in Jesus Christ did Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. have that he could live every day of his life knowing A bullet was coming for him. There was no question in his mind that he was going to die from a bullet. And yet he stepped out every day into public arenas, spoke in open environments, marched publicly. He was thrown in jail, and he just knew it wasn't a question of when, uh, if, it was only a matter of when, that he would die from the hand of a bullet, of someone pulling a trigger and killing him. It's pretty incredible to think that he would live with that courage and that faith. Think of the journeys that he went on, and I think what a wonderful thing it is to, to honor him. And I think of that April 4th day, 1968, in Memphis, when I first heard about it, that, uh, that it was going to change the trajectory of my life, because I, I honestly thought as Aaron and the band, the vocals were singing, were showing these. By the way, I had my phone out, taking a screenshot of every quote, just to be reminded of those quotes again that were just so remarkable. The last one I I took a picture of was love, the second last one. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. I mean, who talked like that? I mean, it's so opposite of what we've experienced in our culture the last two years. Like, where are the people that are like saying, listen, I'm going to love my enemies because that's what Jesus told me to do, and I'm going to embrace them. I'm going to lay my life down. That's a pretty amazing thing. And so it's wonderful to be able to honor him. I'd love to pray. Lord, thank you for the fact that there are people who took the hardest journeys, the hardest roads. In fact, as we look at Moses today, Lord, it would be harder to say who had the harder job, Moses or Dr. King. Both of them leading people through wilderness lands in the midst of unbelievable opposition. Thank you for people in our life that model for us. I want to thank you for the people here and the people, incredible people in this congregation and for the people that are watching on stream today. You you guys couldn't be here today. We love you. The fact that so many of these people have inspired me to live a life of faith that that I I wouldn't have had the courage to do otherwise. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, man, it's great to have you. It's great to be here. Uh, It was going to be Shauna's day today, but she's a little sick. And uh, so she did all the work, and I'm here to get all the credit. So if anything I say today you don't like, just blame Shauna. If it's great, send me a thank you note, okay? Um, We are going to receive our offering at this time, and I want to remind you there's many ways that you can do it. You'll see it on the screen. Uh, I just want to, since I was here last, we actually did a scientific study. Um, You can give on our Kensington app in less than 10 seconds if you're under 50, If you're over 50, we've confirmed that it takes a minute and 22 seconds. (laughs) But hey, don't feel bad because not all of us can stay young forever, okay? But anyway, thank you for your partnership. It's been an unbelievable year. Uh, I think from my vantage point, I don't think I've ever seen a more generous year. In the midst of all the craziness of life, people giving generously and just the unbelievable things that we got to experience, And and just one thing. Again, I, I was here a few months ago after it happened, but when we invited when we invited um, the state of Michigan into this building for two weeks to give out uh, resources for all the people in this region have been devastated by the flooding this summer, I've never been more proud of Kensington than at any other moment in my the history of our church, the way that the people of this congregation loved these people are coming in they just couldn't believe it the state workers couldn't believe it and the people are coming in couldn't believe the love that you guys showed so it's really cool and I thought with the warming center or whatever this campus has always been such an unbelievable place to me of people just like you're all in you step in and you go for it and it's very very encouraging so thank you for that really proud of you So today, we're in the middle of this journey to remember, right? This Moses taking the people on a 40-year journey that could have taken 11 days. That's funny, okay? Have any of you been on a journey that could have taken 11 days and you spent 40 years doing it? You can nod your head now because we've all done that. I was thinking how, honestly, in my marriage, I was so inconsiderate, of Paula. That on our first journey as husband and wife, when we were coming back from our honeymoon, she cried the whole way home. It's a bad sign, man. In case you're wondering, we've been married over 40 years now. But she knew that we were coming back. We were doing. I was a youth director in a church, and she knew that she was going to get left in the dust. She knew it. She she just knew it, and she couldn't even tell me at the time why she was so sad because she knew the mistakes that we were going to make on this journey that I was too blind to see. Anybody ever done that? Ever been too blind to see the mistakes you're making? Well, welcome. You're in good company. As I was thinking about some of my favorite road trips, I was thinking of uh, Aaron Jones, just singing. Uh, He went with Paul and I to Brazil four or five years ago. And we just had the most amazing time. And I remember bumping along uh, on the way from Sao Paulo to Campinas and and Paul and I were saying, you know, we don't understand that Enneagram thing. Everybody's doing the Enneagram. And for the next two and a half hours, uh, Aaron literally finally explained the Enneagram. We're, we're like, can you can you teach us? And that was the first time I saw, man, this guy, this guy's got a brain and he's just an amazing man. Uh, I remember uh, on my first trip back to Kenya with Kensington friends, Don Anderson, our was our global partners director at the time, Dave Wilson, Mark Nelson. We had our kids, Dan Mountney, just had this incredible group of people. I remember there was one point of the journey up into the furthest part of northwest Kenya where we could go to where we had an orphanage of like six or 800 kids, of Pokot kids. There was a place we stopped just to get a break because of the pounding of the road, you know, and we all got out and we were all red. Every one of us was red. We were covered in red dust from head to toe. It, I almost thought about not washing it off because I had a nice, just a little covering of red dust hair for a few moments, but I thought that was a, that was a great memory. I thought of traveling with Chris Zarbon, in Egypt where uh, we were, he was, we, there was a team of us and he was in one SUV and I was in the other and these two guys were on an interstate outside of Cairo from going from Menu to Cairo and we were going 150 miles per hour. And the guy that I'm sitting in the front seat, he turns and goes, I like to drive fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my, where have I been? The twilight zone. I mean, it's one thing to go 150 for a stretch. We went 150 for two hours. Crazy. that we also got pulled off because the terrorists on that same drive, uh, Egyptian terrorists were caught and, the, and we, we had to sit on the side of the road for two hours. That was a fun, that was a, one of those own. Once only, thanks. I remember my first trip to India with Craig Mace and our daughters, that first grueling India trip. It was unbelievable. I remember driving kids from Ward Presbyterian in Livonia, Michigan in 1978 in a blizzard with 60 teenagers coming home from a youth concert. And I was driving the bus and I did a 360 degree spin in a blizzard on Ford Road and didn't even touch either curb. Come on, some of you are like hardcore. You should be applauding. That was, I got to tell you, I didn't, but I came close to, well, you know. I I have a great memory of being with my daughter, Helen, breaking down in in a car in the middle of nowhere in like this jungly, real dense forested area of South Africa and having no idea where we were. I remember breaking down uh, in the middle of Kentucky on New Year's Eve at 11.30 p.m. with Paula and when our, oldest, our three daughters were all under the age of five and our incredible uh, Crown Victoria LTD. All of those are just amazing. I, re- I remember getting lost for a day in the flooded backwaters with my friend Jack Johnson on the Mississippi River without water or food for a day, being absolutely terrified. Don't think I've ever been more scared in my whole life My next road trip is the men in Israel, April 27th, walking in the footsteps of Jesus. In other words, life's just been a journey for me and adventure. I mean, I, I, I'm almost embarrassed. It's an embarrassment of riches of how many fun things I've gotten to do and experience. But here's what I want you to know. For me, it's the next adventure that's the best. It's always been the case. Can't wait. Some of you, there's a group of guys from, from Clinton Township going uh, on this trip, April 27th. If you're a man... We got room. We'd love for you to come. And I promise you, I won't do any driving. But I think in these moments, it's easy to lose sight in the adventure of life, of all the blessings of life, but it's also easy to forget the times when you complained or you lost faith. When you complained about the weather or the traffic or car problems or COVID or customer service reps. Last year, I was talking with a service rep from another country and I realized that I'd been hateful for like two minutes and I felt like the Holy Spirit just said, wow, Mm. this would be a great conversation to record, Steve, because man, my love was really flowing through you to that service rep. Man, I mean, it caught me. I'm like, wow, so unkind. And so in this moment of this journey, I want you to know something. Moses and the people of Israel, every moan and every grumble of your life, they've done the same thing. And I want to share with you today a journey that God takes us on and a provision that God makes for every single person who's willing to listen to God. So let's look at Exodus 17. Let's just have some fun for a few minutes with this. So the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin. You can actually look this up on a map. There's traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. See, they weren't ready to go into the land, so what the Lord did is he just moved them from here to here and to here and to here and to here, and they just literally did this for 40 years because they weren't ready. They weren't ready for the challenges that God had had for them in the promised land. And then when they got to Rephidim, there was no water. So they quarreled with Moses, and they said, give us water to drink. And Moses said, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? Like you're you're with God, but when things go bad, you're mad at God. How many of you do that in your life? When things are good, God's great. and And when things are not bad, you're mad at God. How many people in this room do that? Okay. The others of you are lying. You know, you're in church now. Let's try it again. How many of you, when things go bad, you get mad at God? Okay, a little more honesty there. This is, I'm just telling you, I've been a Christian since I was a young boy and had a dramatic experience with Jesus when I was 13 years old at a, at a Bible study with Rob Saunders. But I'm telling you, when things go wrong, I am still like that, ready to question God, be mad at God still. God goes, why are you putting me to the test? That's he's speaking through Moses. He says, but the people were thirsty. The people get thirsty and you do that when you're thirsty, don't you? Uh, we, had our, we had two of our grandkids this weekend, a very relaxing weekend with two of our grandsons, six and four. It's a very relaxing weekend. Gave me a lot of time for sermon preparation. And yesterday, about midday, we were playing a game in the basement, and one of my grandsons just total meltdown. And Paula goes, she, she knows, she, we call it gaga magic. She's like, He's hungry. We went up, he ate like a mule. And he's happy as could be. He he was just hungry and thirsty. We all get that way. Doesn't matter how old you are. It said, but the people were thirsty. So they grumbled against Moses. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? You ever said that about your own kids? Man, my kids really rebelled. And I don't know why, because I was a perfect father. And and I'm like, what should I do with these kids that you gave me? They're almost ready to stone me. That's probably true. My kids were probably ready to stone me. You know, think about it. There's two words in here that are so interesting. The first one is the quarrel, which means to conduct conduct a legal lawsuit. And they're basically like, we're suing you for bringing us into the wilderness. And you know what they wanted to go back? They wanted to go back to the land where they had been slaves and their firstborn and their sons had been executed. Their newborn baby sons had been executed. And they're still talking about going back there. We forget sometimes where God, what God brings us out of. The other word is to grumble, which is so interesting. The literal meaning of this word grumble is to stop and spend the night you ever ever been on a hike with, with anybody that hikes too much? Uh, uh, Ramesh took a group of our men to Nepal on a mountain hike a few years ago, and I, fortunately, I wasn't on a trip because three guys needed knee surgery afterwards, and Israel's not going to be like that. And they kept Ramesh. Well, how much further they were up in the Himalayas?' like, just a little bit further, you know, like seven hours later, they get to where they're going. these guys are exhausted. And finally, to grumble means you go. I'm not taking another step. I don't care if I die right here. I'm not moving. That's what it means to, to grumble. And most are like, what am I going to do with these people? You ever done that? You're like, I'm not taking another step. You ever done that in your marriage? You ever done that with, with, with the place of work? The Israelites complained, and they couldn't move from where they are. It froze them in that circumstance. And sometimes when you see people that don't grumble, it's pretty remarkable, honestly, because grumbling is easier than anything, is it not? This is where you all say, "Yes, Steve, it is." <laughs> okay, thank you for those seventy of you that did that. It is. It's so easy to grumble. I, you know, in my family legacy, my, my dad's dad, Dio, David Outlaw Andrews Sr. was a cotton cotton broker in on Beale Street, corner of Main and Beale Street in Memphis, and he bought. Cotton on speculation and sold it, you know, he would buy it in the spring and sell it in the fall. He went bankrupt twice. I mean, he lost everything on a lot of handshake. He never signed a contract in his 45 years work, working as a cotton broker. He never signed a contract. Every deal was made with a handshake. That sounds like another world, doesn't it? I never heard him complain one time. Dad said, I asked Dad, you ever heard He said, not once. That's very unusual. I'm glad, that, and whatever he had, I don't have. So, they're complaining and they're groaning, and then it gets worse. It says the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. So, they're there at Rephidim. They're thirsty, they're hungry, and they get attacked. The Amalekites were a nomadic tribe, and we find out in a different passage of Scripture, Deuteronomy 25, that the Amalekites, on this particular attack, attacked from behind When you're hurting and you're grumbling and complaining and you're vulnerable, guess what? That stuff happens. Something else comes to attack you from behind. Often You're like, wait a second, I had more than I could handle and now there's something else coming in the the middle of that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's life. That's how it happens. It piles up. Doesn't it feel like the last two years has been a pile-on? Like you get one thing and then there's another pile-on, another difficulty, and you're like, are you kidding me? That's life. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? Are you going to moan and grumble? The answer is probably yes. At least I do. But don't stop there. Don't stop. Be open to what God is doing. So this is what Moses does. He says to Joshua, it's the first time we really hear about Joshua. He says, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. And tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Now, if you don't know the Bible, you don't know the staff do you remember the first thing Moses did with the staff? Does anybody remember? He threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh, and what happened? Turned into snakes. Picks it back up, turns into the staff of God. This is, if there's one artifact that I, I might love keeping in my house, that would be it probably. It's pretty cool. And as far as we know, Indiana Jones has never found it. It's still <laughs> still out there. That's bad. Sorry. That was a granddad. That was a dad joke, granddad joke. That's terrible. Okay, so Moses goes out to fight the Amalekites. Says, "You go out there, and I'm, I'm going to be up in the hill. Here, everybody can see me. I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to support you. I'm going to give you maybe even hand signals. You know, whatever. I'm making that up. I don't know what I'm talking about." Exodus 17, verse 10. It says, "So Joshua did as Moses told him. Fought with Amalek, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed." And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand grew weary. Isn't that the way of life? Like if you could keep your hand, if you could, some of you are like, man, if I could just push through to February, if I could just get over this uh, next series of credit card bills and debts, if I could just get to the next, if I could just have the strength to keep my arm up, I'm going to make it. have any of you ever played the game of how long you can hold your arms up over your head? Let's just do one arm. Everybody who's willing, would you just put one arm? I'm glad you're not next to me because I've been preaching all morning and I got I'm, I'm really moist right in here. Uh, and I didn't even use deodorant today, so think about that if you want to come down and speak to me after the service. When he held up his hand, they prevailed. Just keep it up. Now come on, don't be, keep it up. Don't be. Come on, man. Oh, you do two hands. Oh yeah, <laughs> you ready? Okay, so. While he's holding his hands up, there, winning, and he's like, man, all of a sudden, they're getting creamed. Okay, keep your hand up. And so, he's trying to keep his arms up, but he's weary, and I thought, this is a great example of how I felt the last two years with COVID. When this Omicron thing hit, and all of a sudden, I, I've talked to a bunch of my friends that are in medicine, and they're, man, they're exhausted. How, anybody feeling discomfort yet? <laughs> anybody feel a trickle yet? Oh, all of you with your hands up, dude, raising your hand. I, okay. So... Anybody feeling discomfort? I am. I'm already getting tired. I'm just going to start complaining here in a minute. But Moses got tired, and then this is what happened. Verse 17, verse 12. Keep your hands up, or Jesus will see. Moses' hand grew weary. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. That would be awesome to be like putting a stone like, whew, wow, that helps. Okay, but my arm is still tired. And then Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the sun set, and Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the sword. My, my, my shoulder is excruciating right now. Anybody else? Okay, anybody whining yet? Okay, one more minute. See if you can do it. It says that his hand was steady until the sun set. This word, this is amazing. This word steady is the Hebrew word. It's a feminine word, which means for a wife to be faithful in marriage to her husband, that as long as his arm was up, he was faithful like to the people of Israel. It's a feminine noun. He was able to remain in fidelity to his to the people. He was able to hold it up. He kept going. This lasted for hours and hours and hours until the sun set. Okay, drop your hand. Feels good, doesn't it? Oh, show off. You double it still. <laughs> I love that. Okay, just having fun. The... Um, the question that I have in all of this is when you are in a battle and your hands are weary, who's holding you up? I mean, I don't know. There are plenty of times we've blown up, but you know you know what this church existed for? Is to help hold other people's arms up. When I think about my own life and I think about the people from the beginning who have held my hands up along the way, who were supported me, who carried me along the way. A lot of you don't don't know this part of the story, but I had a chronic lower back pain, full body spasms for about 20 years, unrelenting, almost every week. And so, when Kensington started, in the first seven years of the church, I missed maybe as much as three years of work. Couldn't get out of bed. I didn't play golf for 20 years, and uh, it just was miserable. And the more I, the more incapacitated I was, the better the church did. Not funny. Still mad about that, you know. But it was like God says, "Man, I don't need you, but I got people in your life who hold your arms up, people who carry you along the way." And I think about the thousands and thousands of people. I think about you, you guys. Every one of you is underestimating your strategic importance to what God could do in the world. God could use you in such a dramatic, amazing way that he may, maybe couldn't use anybody else. And I was thinking today, Aaron Jones singing. Aaron Aaron is one of my most treasured friends. He's up here singing today. And people know Aaron like crazy. But right over here, Dale Pittman's playing. And nobody... You guys don't even know Dale. Some of you know Dale, but he's back there just leading the band for the last 14 years quietly in the back doing unbelievable work. And some people know him, but he's, what's he doing? He's holding, he's holding, he literally his whole life is holding other people's hands up. It's pretty awesome. And I thought this is what makes life great. And here's the thing that's so interesting. When her and Aaron are holding up his hands, do you know what's, you know what is just amazing to me? In, in, in the Old Testament, Jewish heritage is really important, like who's your father, who's your mother, who are your kids, where do you come from? It's important. It's been important to people in all generations, but it's really important then. You know what's interesting about her? We don't know really anything about him. Aaron is Moses' brother. We know all kinds. Of, Aaron was going to be a spokesman because Moses was a lousy speaker. It was like when we started and God knew I was pathetic, so he brought Dave Wilson, you know, it's just like God brought you what you needed. The so Aaron's real well known. Her, nobody knows anything about him. You know why I love that? Because that's anti the world today, right? Hey, build your brand, right? Sometimes you have to get people to know you. What about the person that serves others? And nobody even knows where the heck did this guy come from. No, it's great to be known. It's better to hold the arms up of other people. And when you're hurting, there's nothing like other people coming in. To support you, it's an amazing thing. Um. Had a friend met, had met a friend at breakfast. He texted me in between the services today, he and I shared with him a particular prayer request about my family, and he just texted me like forty five minutes ago and just right before the service started. He said, "Hey, I just want you to know, I'm praying, praying, praying for that." In fact, hold your arms up, Dad, right here. Hold your and you kids, take your dad's arms. Kind of grab it right here with both your hands. Come on, really get some, put some power on it. Come on, let's cheer them on. Come on, you can do it, kid. Hold it up. So as a dad, this is a dream, right? That you'd live to be a point where someday they're, they're actually in real life going to do this. There's going to be something going to happen to you. They're going to hold you up. Meanwhile, you're going to hold their arms up along the way. But how does that make you feel right now? Just curious. When when you feel that and imagine them holding you up, how does that make you feel? It's amazing. There's nothing like it in the world, right? This is is the picture of how we need each other and we need each other in the community of Jesus Christ. This is why in the New Testament, after Jesus is resurrected from the dead, Paul is writing to this little church in Philippi. And he says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, If any common sharing in the spirit, if you have any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. What does that mean? It means by by looking for common ground. I'm actually in a video with Father John Ricardo. He's a very well-known Catholic priest in the Detroit area. 20 years ago, we shot a video called Common Ground because I'd always grown up where Catholics and Protestants and Catholics and Evangelicals are always ripping on each other. You know, it's really easy to do. And, I, and one day, I sat down with him, and we had a long talk to understand. You know what I realized? I realized he's a Catholic priest, and he knows Jesus as well as anybody I've ever talked to in my whole life. So we shot, we shot a video, Common Ground. People, so funny. It's the only thing I've ever done, personally, it's ever gone worldwide. And it's really frustrating because he's this really good-looking Catholic priest. He's brilliant. I'm just kind of like, doesn't matter. Because it said, be like-minded, find common ground along the way, and have the same love. He and I just shot a a video recently for Alpha, the the global Bible study thing, and we just talked about our love for each other. I talked about how he had helped me so much in the death of my father, counseling me and, and interacting with me. Instead of being divided, we are brothers in Christ at the deepest level. It's just awesome. So it says, be one uh, be born in spirit and one mind. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Isn't that the way to do it? To say, hey, you're trying to, trying to move yourself ahead. That's so easy for us to do. What if we just forgot about that? We just spent our life pushing other people forward. It says, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. It's just a, it's an, to me, it's an incredible image of how God makes life fun because when you don't have to spend your life thinking about how you're doing and spend your life thinking about how you can encourage others, life takes on a whole new dimension. It's really cool. It's a really wonderful way to live. That's what Aaron and her were doing for Moses. That's what Moses was doing for the people of Israel, trying to take people on a journey. And here's what I want you to know. God's taking Wants to take this church. He wants to take the believers in Jesus Christ around the world on a journey of faith to places where he's called us. And there's a calling that he has on your life that nobody else, maybe there's a burden. Like you ever wake up in the middle of the night burdened about something and thinking maybe you're the you're a person who can make a difference. I mean, Dr. King, this is what we celebrate. This we celebrate tomorrow. A guy said, I am gotta put my life on the line for something that's really important. In fact, a lot, of you, a lot of people don't know this. You can see this in a, there's an HBO documentary called, I think it was called King, something like King and Winter. I mean, it was so moving to me. But when Dr. King started adding poverty, like just national and global poverty to the list of his concerns, that's when he got in huge trouble with people. He's like, I want to address poverty. I want to address people are hungry. And then all of a sudden, all the pressure been on him, like tripled or quadrupled. It's a little-known fact about that journey. But what if we were living that way with each other? Well, I want to bring out one of my buddies, my my Aaron. Um, Moses had his Aaron. I I got my buddy Aaron. Aaron Jones, give him a big welcome, please. uh, So the Aaron that held up Moses, that wasn't you, was it? No. no. You're not. Like, you're not back. Okay.
5: I'm not that old.
0: Um, So four and a half years ago, Aaron Came into uh, the world of Kensington, and uh, wasn't long after that we went to Brazil, wasn't it? I was telling about that. And has this guy been on? Um, this guy's I unbelievable, is Remember
5: huh? how I asked you about that trip, right? No. I, I saw you in the hallway, and I said, I heard you're going to South America. Oh, so you invited you should, yourself? You should consider bringing me
0: along. <laughs> well, we had the most unbelievable t- I wish y'all could have seen it. We were at a church planner's conference. This is a bonus for the second service. Um, there's a... Christian worship leader in Brazil, who's really famous. He's got like, I mean, he's got a million followers on Instagram. And you talk about humble people. Uh, Aaron met him uh, in between. This was about 3,000 church planters at this event. And Aaron met him in between the events. This guy, pretty famous guy in Brazil. Ten minutes later, Aaron's singing on the stage with him at this conference. That was amazing, wasn't it? Of what... Like it's an illustration of what we talked about today. He's like, dude, I meet you. Like, come on, man. Do it. So um, over the last four and a half years, you've certainly been a brother and a son to me and me to you. I'm like a son to you.
5: Absolutely. Uh,
0: but we've had some incredible moments. and you've, you've done something. I was telling Aaron that in the 32-year history of this church, there were really a, few, a handful of people that had an artistic vision that was just like supernatural. Mark Nelson, our founder, uh, Angela Goetz, who you've worked with a lot in Cleo Kids, and you brought that same eye for beauty and excellence as well as a incredible heart for Jesus. So it's even though it's excellent, it's not about the performance, it's about lifting Jesus high. You've just been unbelievable. And along this way, you and I have had a lot of ups and downs and Fun experiences and hopefully many more to come, but in this journey to remember series that we're on god's it's kind of a culmination of a journey you've been on for the last couple of years where God's taken you like everybody else taking you on a journey, so let's talk about it
5: yeah, um, I feel like for the past. Two years i feel like the pandemic has like played a huge role in a lot of us reflecting on so many things that are happening in our lives and i feel like for the past 18 months one of the big questions that god has been really putting on my heart is are you going to operate in faith or are you going to operate in comfort and i feel like comfort and faith aren't friends there's something there are two things that need to be separate if you're going to really trust him you kind of just got to take the leap into uncertainty And I kind of love it because in the past couple of months, we've even been hearing a lot of messages about faith. We've been hearing a lot of things about stepping out and really trusting God. And even the challenge that Adam gave to us last week of reading Joshua 1, you see consistently that God is saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. I am with you wherever you go. And so there's been some things that I've been working on in the past year, music-wise, in terms of, like, creating music as an artist. Which
0: it's it's been unbelievable. I mean, you... Dude, it's so great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So thank you. So between working on that and just really uh, my heart has been really working with people and and bringing music outside of here. There's even something uh, we talked about it earlier with uh, there was a message that Dave Gibbons gave where he talked about. Um, the church looking so much different than what it is now and really stepping out into different platforms and impacting other people. And that's something that's like really been on my heart and been burdening me to use the gift that I have to step out into other platforms. And so I'm in a position where next month I'll be transitioning out of worship arts director here at Kensington to step into a new role of unknown (laughs) and taking the leap and jumping in to say, hey, God, I'll trust you. I'll let you take the reins, you know, and I'll just jump and see what you have for me. And of course, there's been the lot of uh, amounts of being afraid. I think that we all have moments in our life where we feel like this nudge or this, budge to take this leap and i've been terrified i'm not even gonna lie to you i'm the type of person i love everything to be in order i love my stuff to be like neat and set up i don't like taking big risks i like knowing where my salary is gonna come from (laughs) and i was like hey god i'm not gonna have health insurance and he was like is that it (laughs) yeah so like here i am in this position like so terrified but knowing that There can be so much beauty in, like, really trusting God. Why would I sit here in comfort when I have the ability to see God bring my life into fruition and really allow the gift to make room for his glory?
0: It's pretty amazing. Yeah, okay. So for some of the people that want details, like, so what kind of, what are some of the things you'll be doing during this? Try to kind of transition. Yeah,
5: so there's a lot of things that I'll be involved in. One of the main things is like doing music for myself. I don't know if any of you know what independent artists do, but they're basically <laughs> their whole team. They're their manager. They're the person that's doing all the work behind the scenes. So I'll be doing a lot of that and playing out locally as well, um, but also helping, partnering with Kaleo Kids a lot to do songwriters. That's something I'm super passionate about, writing music with kids. I already work with the program, Kaleo Songwriters, and we have 6th through 12th graders who come together once a week, and we sit and we co-write songs together. So it's, it's a beautiful experience. That's something <laughs> I'll be diving into, as well as just uh, being here in a capacity of contracting too. So
0: It's interesting. Uh, I had lunch with Trey Shigley. He's our youth guy at Birmingham campus. He's in youth ministry from the time he was 16, and you know he's your age now. And he he said he's never seen anywhere a better youth worship like you do all this. I've never seen anybody better up here. But he says you're the best youth worship leader. I love the kids. The yeah. They have
5: so much energy and so much like yeah. just passion to worship. So it's beautiful. So,
0: so God's leading you on this journey. So what would you say? So first of all, just acknowledge that. People are going to be sad not to see as often. They'll still see you. You'll still contract. You still we'll still see you around, but not as regularly as a lot of us would like. In this stepping out of faith, talk to this team. Talk to the people on the live stream. All of us who, all of I'm I'm turning sixty six soon. I'm I got things I feel like God's challenging me to do. How do we respond to the nudges and the call of God?
5: Well, first thing, you're going to go on tour with me, right? Oh, baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, a lot of you guys don't know it, but the last four and a half years, I've been Aaron's vocal coach. He has. He's also been my hair inspiration. Yeah, and my fashion. My fashion consultant. <laughs> we, I, I do a lot of shopping with him to help him look good. Because uh, you know that's that's my forte. <laughs> no, it's hey, not that funny, dude.
5: <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's not. No. Um, But one thing that I would just uh, charge and employ you guys to do is just do your own introspection and just ask yourself, hey, God, what are those next steps that you're asking me to operate in faith? What what area have I been so comfortable in? Is it a job? Is it a relationship? Is it like the way that I'm impacting? Is it a group that I should be involved in? Should I be leading a group? Whatever the case, like there's so many things that we do where we know that we probably could do it but we're afraid and we say okay well i'm gonna let my comfort just keep me staying here but what is that thing that god is asking you to let go of and relinquish control i think one thing that i always love is this mindset of you know when you're a parent and you're teaching your kid how to drive right and you're in the passenger seat and you're like pushing on the brake and like trying to control the steering wheel like i think that we do a lot of that with god like God is in the driver's seat. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna let you have control, but I'm still gonna kinda push on the great brake and I'm gonna grab the steering wheel when I feel like you're not going in the direction that I want you to go. But I feel like God is asking us to not just sit, but get in the back seat and just let me take you where I want to go.
0: Amen, man. It's awesome. Great. Come on, guys. All right, that that is so good. And I think that and I know that applies to to every single person here. And I, I think my my challenge just to add on to that was I cannot tell you how many people I have known in my life who at the end of their life are going, man, I should I should have stepped out. I should I should have taken a risk. But no, I just took I just took the comfort way, or I took an easy way, or I took a stimulant way, right, instead of leaning into the adventure that God has for them. I and mean, I go back to me, the reason this church exists. It's because in 1968, a guy came to our house and said to my dad, my dad was 48 years old. He said, you know what? We need a doctor in Kenya for the year. Will you leave your medical practice behind and come and run this hospital for a year? And every person in our life told him he was crazy. Kenzie wouldn't exist with my dad. Because that's where it started in me, was that risk and that adventure. And to see you doing this now, This is going to reverberate in all of our lives as we watch you follow Jesus, step into the uncertainty. Cool. So what do you guys got? I know what you got. (laughs) Tears.
6: I got tears. (laughs) (laughs) This boy is so dear to me. In the leadership that he has given us, I have learned so much from Aaron. Um, You guys just get the benefit of his amazing voice. But he is truly a gift to us um he we're better because of Aaron seriously (laughs) we are we had a all staff where we had to share the sad news and it's really hard because we want to be excited for him but it really hurts our hearts because we want him here with us but um our staff told them we want we want merch, we want <laughs> tickets, <laughs> and we don't want him to forget us. <laughs> but all of us are going to be holding Aaron's arms up because God has him on this adventure and this journey, and he's gifted him for this. So we're really blessed that he was with us for four and a half years. Seriously, right. Aaron. Beautiful. I love this. I love this kid. He's not a kid, but I love him dearly, and I want what's best for him and what God has for him, and I'm, I'm just so encouraged that you are stepping out like this, because I know you like things in order, and that's what I loved about you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
6: it was easy to work with Aaron, because he brought order.
0: That's what he loved about working with me. I'm so orderly and yes. so precise. Chaos. <laughs>
3: Chaos.
5: <laughs> you think it's just on stage when he's speaking? It's <laughs>
3: Mm. Um, so I've only known Aaron for a couple of months and I said this in the first service so I probably won't be as emotional because I got most of those tears out now uh, but I'd actually some of you might have looked at me and been like wow your face is familiar that's because we've been coming here since June because we were in a really hard season nope mm. crying again here <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'd stepped out of something hard and my family needed to heal and there's a couple of ways that I really do that and one of them is just music like when we pick a church it's like Kids, got to be taken care of. You got to preach the Bible too, right? We'll put that up there. Um, but the music, because there's just something inside of me. And season that was really hard. And Aaron was picking my arms up. Aaron and the team. And I know he doesn't really like to be touched, so I hope this isn't bad.
0: No, it's just me. I he really likes it when I, I when I do it. but uh, Not a physical touch person. Praise God. <laughs> and I, and Come I, here, buddy. I, uh,
3: <laughs> but I'm so thankful for your ministry because I know what you did for me. You've been doing for a lot of people for four years, and I think you're going to keep doing it. It's just going to yeah. look different. Um, And I think we all have to take account of what he says. Like you hear me say, being a Christian isn't always easy, but it's always better. And I really believe God has something better in a way. Like this is awesome, but there's just something he wants to move Aaron to. So I'm excited about it. We have one other person that couldn't be here, um, but he wanted to say something as well. So we can check out the screens.
7: Hey, Aaron. Uh, First of all, I want to say how sad I am that I can't actually be uh, with you today on this very important day when you're announcing that God is leading you. To something new. Uh, It's an important day for you personally. It's also an important day for our church because you have been such a vital part of what God has been doing in us and through us. I can honestly say, Aaron, that in all the years of ministry I've never been involved with a person who did a better job through music and through worship of leading us really to the heart of Jesus. And so this is going to be a time of loss for us, a time of tears, But we want it to be more than that. We want it to be a time of celebration, to celebrate the gifts that God has given to you and to know that uh, you are stepping out in faith. And I find it kind of ironic that uh, haven't we done multiple messages and services over the last six months or so that seem to have this theme of um, needing to trust God and pursuing what he has put in our hearts and the passions that are there and to take risk and to step out. And so this is exactly what you are doing right now, and all of us are excited to see uh, what God is going to do in your life and through your life. So while we're going to shed some tears and we're going to have some sadness, we also have great joy as we look into the future and see what God is going to do in your life. So also, just really glad that you've agreed to stick around a little bit. This is still your home, your home church, and that we're going to see you right here on this stage from time to time leading us in worship. So just want to say I love you, Aaron, and God bless you.
0: Just tell people how, how, much, they, how much they've how much meant to you.
5: I mean, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone here. Like, I know that Steve was saying, like, I've been a person that holds people's arms up, but I really feel like you guys have been the people that have been holding me up. Yeah. I've shared a little bit in some of the services over the past couple of the years of the journey that I've been on personally. But I'm just so grateful to each and every one of you that have been praying and that have been here and just supporting and just pouring in because I feel like you guys have truly uplifted me. So thank you.
0: You know, it's so good. Yeah, thank you. We, um, one of the things I love about being a part of this community is we're leading people to Jesus. People are coming to Jesus. We're we're in this journey. But we're all doing it with broken pieces in our lives. I have them. You've been honest with yours. So I just love the fact that I could be a part of a community where it's not being led by people that are pretending that they have all their stuff together. Yeah. And so am I. and so are you. That's why Jesus came to you know He came to put Humpty Dumpty back together and I love that and he's just can, he's always doing that. He's always putting us back together and bringing us together in community. and I'm so and I'm so glad, glad. I, you're leaving part of what encourages me is the first time I heard this guy speak, I'm like, holy smokes, God's bringing us this guy. this guy's cool. He's real. He's a, you know, he's a man. He's been through suffering. He loves God's word, loves people. Um, and I thought, every person that's ever left here has been irreplaceable. There's nobody that's going to replace you. That's not possible. But God is going to bring other irreplaceable people in as he takes you on an irreplaceable journey. That, And I can't wait to be a part of that. I can't wait for us to sing together in front of thousands together. Um, <laughs> But uh, which you've been doing your whole life. But anyway, you're loved, and I just say with you all the way, man, all the way to Journey's End, no matter where that road takes. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my brother. Our brother, we love him. He's, he's, he's moved our hearts towards you so many times. And uh, I want to thank you for the discomfort he feels. And I thank you that he understands that faith and comfort are not synonymous but what a better place to be than in the eye of your storm, whatever storm you're brewing, however big the waves get, you take this man because he's got, he's got your heart, he's got a love for people, and I pray that who knows of all those that will be, continue- I mean, how many he's touched already in his short life, but how many people are out there that are going to be encouraged and inspired because of his faith in you and his living out the calling you have for his life. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.
8: Love that you
5: So as we're on this journey of asking God, what is it that you're calling me to take a step in faith in and understanding that it's so important for us to have community and to come together in order to be able to go on that journey. We know that there's one thing that binds us together and that's Jesus. And so as we go into this last song, we're gonna sing this one that says, build your church. We know that Jesus is our foundation. He's the source. He's the one that we can build on. And we know that none of these things will be possible. The journey of faith would not be possible without Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to sing this along with us.
9: Upon a stone, no other foundation can we build upon. No philosophy, nor the wisdom of man, all other ground is saved. upon this rock from the ground up it's your church build your church build your church build it from the ground up we're your church
3: there's a promise in that song that we believe because it's in scripture and that's that God is going to build his church doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what the enemy does. God's going to build his church. And what we're inviting everybody in is this hodgepodge mission of people like me that really don't know what's going on. But we want to play a part because we believe in the message of Jesus. So I hope that you will feel encouraged with that as you leave today. A couple of quick things to let you know. This Wednesday is midweek. We're going to have kinder or programming up to pre-K, so there's no excuse not to come. I'm going to be talking about lies, because I think a lot of us get buckled down at the lies we hear the enemy whisper. So we would love to have you at that. Also today, we want to give you the opportunity this week and next week to find some people to help pick your arms up. So Tracy's gonna be out next to the hub and she's gonna give us the opportunity to sign up to be part of a Bible study or something like that. So if you have any questions, go see her or pray about it, come back next week and we would love to put you in that. And then as always, hey, if you've been listening to Aaron's story and you've been hearing this message and you just need somebody to pray with you, we're gonna have a team down front and they would love to help walk beside you. Cause I think something happens when we verbalize this to another person and it's the power of the enemy is lessened when we verbalize it out. So come let somebody pray for you. And all that said, have a great week. Hopefully we'll see you Wednesday and if not, back next Sunday.
0: You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.